Hello everyone and welcome back to my channel. In this video we're going to discuss whether nasal breathing or breathing through the mouth is ideal for exercise and when you should choose one or the other. Hello and welcome back to my channel. My name is Martin McPhillamy, performance coach and owner of Performance Through Health. If you like anything high performance, sleep, stress, breathing, then hit the subscribe button below. I'd really appreciate that. But in this video, we are going to talk about breathing during exercise. So typically, what happens when we exercise is that we get activation of our stress response, the sympathetic nervous system, and our body starts to increase heart rate, increase breath rate, because we have a metabolic demand to increase the amount of oxygen that's delivered to our body. However, it isn't really oxygen that's causing us to breathe. So if we're to look at rest and during exercise, oxygen generally stays at 95 to 96% of saturation. It doesn't really fall until you hit, hit, hit peak, peak exercise for sustained periods. And it's only really elite people that can get to that kind of intensive training. However, the stimulus to breathe, as we've discussed in, other, in conversations before, is carbon dioxide. And we can build a tolerance to carbon dioxide. I'm going to pop a, a link to a video here about CO2 tolerance and what that can do for our stress and anxiety and potentially our exercise performance so that you can take a look. However, carbon dioxide is what gives us the primary stimulus to breathe. So at low levels of exercise, we can generally breathe through the nose pretty easily. But then, however, when we get to a certain point, which is usually what we term the ventilator threshold, the lactate threshold, when you start to get that buildup of pain or fatigue in your legs, then most people are going to start to breathe through the mouth. However, individuals are also taught that maybe breathing through the mouth is a good thing. But if you're breathing faster and breathing in and out of the mouth, you're not going to increase the amount of oxygen levels in your body. You're only going to offload more carbon dioxide. However, carbon dioxide isn't just a waste gas. It's actually a gas that's needed and necessary for the release of oxygen at the muscle cells. So there's been a few studies that looked at whether we should be using nasal breathing or whether we should be using mouth breathing during exercise. And typically, the nose is built for breathing, the mouth is built for eating. So when we breathe through the nose, we actually take up something called nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a gas that actually allows the, the ventilated part of our lungs to match with the perfusion of the blood. So we have the alveoli, which the airflow flows into, and then around that we've got the blood cells. Nitric oxide itself actually allows that to occur more optimally, and we can increase oxygen uptake from the lungs into the blood by roughly 10%. The other thing that happens is that when we breathe fast, say for example you're breathing at 12 breaths per minute, now, of those 12 breaths that you take, you might have a, a, a volume of maybe 500 milliliters. But of that 500 milliliters, then 150 mil is going to be anatomical dead space. So that is just air that's going in and out of the bronchi, bronchals. It's not getting taken up by gas exchange. So you've only got roughly about 4.2 liters of alveoli ventilation, gas that's actually occurring with exchange. But if we reduce that breath rate and take deeper breaths, then actually we can increase the amount of alveoli that are getting full with air and therefore increase oxygen uptake as well. But how do we do this? Well, really, we do this by breathing through the nose. Because when we breathe through the nose, there's more resistance, so we have to slow the breath down. 
it's impossible to breathe as fast as you can through your nose until you've become adapted. There's a few reasons because anatomically most people aren't adapted to getting large shifts of airflow through the nose. It can become quite sore. A lot of people when they start to exercise tend to either uh, get snot everywhere and it's a mess and it becomes a sore and things like that or they have to really slow down the pace. But if you were to go to a gym and you were to work on a muscle, you wouldn't just go all of a sudden just go put you know, maximum weight on and try and go for as many reps as possible. It just wouldn't work. So what you have to do, just like you go in the gym, is you've got to use like a progressive overload. So let's say, for example, you're going for a run. Allow your nose to dictate the pace at the run in terms of how comfortable you feel with your breathing, but also how comfortable you feel with your breath, with your legs. Over time, that pace is going to be able to increase because anatomically, your nose structures are going to change. It's going to allow for greater airflow, but also biochemically, your body's going to get used to having higher levels of CO2 in the body. So as I said, carbon dioxide is actually a gas that actually allows for oxygen to be released into the cell. So if we have a greater tolerance to CO2 during exercise, then we can shift more oxygen into the cells, which is then used to use for energy. So there's studies that have shown that after about six months of nasal adaptive training, triathletes uh, and uh, high-level endurance people can train at 80% of their work rate max and still be okay in terms of breathing through the nose yet they have a 22 re percent reduction in their respiratory rate so they have become more efficient in terms of their ventilation their breathing has become more efficient they're expending less energy and they reported actually feeling more relaxed during exercise and this is one of the similar things that i notice when individuals do start to switch to nasal breathing during exercise is that when they finish their sessions, most of them report that they don't feel fatigued. Well, why is that? It's because if you're allowing your nose to dictate the pace, you're not able to shift over into anaerobic activity as easily. Now, anaerobic activity is where we've gone over the anaerobic threshold and therefore we're no longer using oxygen to fuel our system. We're using uh, stored means which is less efficient and it produces more co2 and and causes more fatigue faster so say for example you're running on a flat all of a sudden you go up a hill and you notice actually this is getting more challenging i'm breathing a lot more faster uh, that's because you're flipped over into the anaerobic threshold and co2 levels are rising even further but if you've adapted to a high level of co2 and you can still maintain a level of intensity that means that you're a more efficient runner as well economically However, there is a time when we can actually use the mouth. And this depends on two things. Are we trying to create an adaptation or are we trying to perform and be our best? If you're trying to take an adaptation, then you really want to try and hit the high limits of your reps. So let's talk about the breathing gears. Breathing gear one is just set at rest. You should hardly even notice breathing in and out of the nose. It should be light, gentle, deep, and barely noticeable to anyone around you. Gear two, a bit more of a, a faster pace in and out of the nose. Gear three is at the higher end of what I would call the maximum lactate steady state. It's a position where you could probably go for hours on an end running at a pace where your nasal breathing at maximum capacity. Once you flick over to that and you go into gear four, you're shifting over into high intensity exercise, which is not sustainable for longer than maybe three, four, five minutes maximum. But when you shift over to there, gear four is maybe in and in the nose and out the mouth, and gear five is maybe at 95, 100% of your maximum work rate where you're breathing in and out the mouth only. So in an adaptation phase, 
then you want to push the higher limits of the revs of the, the gear one, two, and three, gear three particularly, to try and increase that maximum lactate steady state that you're at so that you can perform for longer periods. However, say for example, all of a sudden you're on a run or your intensity of your exercise gets a bit more challenging and you notice some fatigue occurring in the legs, then if we switch over to gear four or even gear five and we offload some of that CO2, we're gonna be able to buffer some of that acid in our body, bring the lactate levels down, and therefore get through that, whether it's a hill run, whether it's a change intensity, for that period, so that we can maintain that intensity so we can get a better time, so that we can perform better. But then once we get back to a pace that's lower again, then we want to bring back down the gears and maybe hit down back to nasal as soon as possible because we want to get back into that efficiency to utilize less energy so that we're less stressed and we recover faster. John Dulliard, he's a guy who worked with uh, the New York Nets, I believe it was, um, or whatever the Nets team is. I'm not a massive fan of, of, of basketball, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But in the NBA, he worked with individuals in the 90s and he took a team that were the worst injured team in the whole of the NBA for that season. And by the end of the season, they had the uh, third best in terms of the least amount of injured players. And he integrated uh, Ayurvedic medicine, but also integrated nasal breathing. And a lot of the claims are is that if you breathe nasally during exercise, you become more aware of the physiological sensations in the body, you're more aware of when you're pushing your limits, and therefore you become more aware of the amount of stress you're going through, which over time obviously signifies to your body that you're able to manage your stress levels and might reduce the risk of things like injuries. Nasal breathing should essentially be used in majority of exercise where you can up to after adaptation phase, 80% of probably your work rate max. But you can use your nasal gears of four and five, so a high intensity exercise to shift over into. And this is really where you start to pay attention to take uh, conscious control of your breathing during exercise, which hasn't been used in the performance industry for a long period of time. We can also use the gearing system to bring back down our stress levels and there are certain protocols that we can use in terms of breathing that will allow us to recover and to uh, relax and to get back into our parasympathetic state so that we can um, you know, absorb our food and recover much faster. I will create a video on that and I'll pop that just here now. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please leave a comment, subscribe, hit like below and uh, uh, make sure you follow along because I'm going to be putting more of this content out more and more as we go along and we'll be doing all things sleep, stress, breathing, exercise, high performance.